Hello, this is Tom Brevoort. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. I am uh, your hypersequential Ray. As always, you are thrust with me in your ears. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, this is a an arc review. Glad to have you with us, and um, I've got a very special guest, no stranger to the show, the power of oh, Chad. 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 Chad, welcome. Hey, Ray. How's it going? Yeah, good. Good, Chad. Thank you so much for making the time to come on. It's always good to have you on. Uh, We've got some uh, exciting comics to cover in our Over the Moon arc review for this episode. So um, we'll be looking at Dark Wolverine. Now, how do you say, is it it Dakin or Darkin? How do you say it, Chad? I say it Darkin. Okay. I'm not sure what the official statement is. Yeah, I, I don't know as well. I, I read it a lot. I just don't read it out loud. So let's say Darken, uh, Dark Wolverine, Darken. It is um, issues 13, 14, and 15. Now, Chad, we did. I did say to read 16, but I was reading that today, and it, and that's a part one of something else. So I'm yeah. pretty sure we can drop it. It, it actually continues. It's quite seamless, um, these arcs, but we'll confine it to 13, 14, and 15. So, loonies, that is what we have tonight. Uh, It should be fun, something a little different. The arc review has Moon Knight in it, but he's not kind of like the the protagonist. Very much a supporting cast member. Um, uh, Also, just before we get into that... Uh, I want to shout out to the Petrunis as well. Thank you, uh, loonies that have uh, pledged um, some of their coin on our Patreon page. So a big shout out to them. Uh, and also um, uh, a couple of sponsors, Hello Headphones, empowering gamers to to play their best. Uh, and also Dreamland Comics from Illinois, uh, the superhero superstore. Thank you so much for those uh, those two great supporters and sponsors of the show. Now, Chad, has been a while since we've chatted tate to tate. Um, <laughs> actually, it has been a while. Mono e mono. Mono e mono. I I feel like it's been a lot sooner, but that's because I've watched you in in, in other episodes, i.e., the the one that you and uh, Phil Drop King Phil. And Anthony, the senior Sitco, wherein what Chad was dubbed Smallwood. <laughs> uh, very funny. So, I mean, I, I watched that video. I had a huge giggle and stuff. But it has been a while since um, since we've really kind of chatted, haven't we? I mean, you've, we've done, actually, the last one we were together, we actually did another ARC review as well. We did the Hulk, a very obscure Hulk, and Moon yes. Knight one as well. So this is... The worst Hulk, actually. <laughs> Joe fix it. Yeah. I, oh, I, would... I was thinking about the uh, prelude to the Red Hulk. Oh, yeah, yeah. The whole... And look, Joe fix it as well. I'm happy to say it. I mean, I'm reading a lot of um, 
Peter David's origin, um, his run, his almost ten year run with the Incredible Hulk, um, and the Joe Fixist era. And I tell you, I was reading issues three fifty six to three sixty just today. The guy's a douche, an absolute douche, Joe Fixit. Um, so I've, I haven't never read them by Jeff Perves uh, and Peter David. I was more familiar with it a bit later on. Uh, but yeah, what a what a crazy character that that guy is. Um, Chad, though, like in in a, in a seamless segue. Um, so that's what I'm reading <laughs> this, at this current moment in time. What uh, What's on your ledger at the moment? Honestly, I've been mainlining a lot of like old Lovecraft material. Oh, nice. Lovely. So not a lot of comics, just a lot of books. Yeah, cool. A lot of uh, short fiction stories, but it's really... There's no beating around it. It's weird. It's weird fiction. <laughs> and sometimes there's no making sense of anything. So You've read it before, though, haven't you? Like You've read Lovecraft stuff before? Not in its entirety. I'm trying mm-hmm. to work through the Dreamland cycle stuff, and then probably going to go towards the, uh, oh, what's it called? The Nyarlathotep cycle. Oh, Okay, not too sure. I'm going to have to confer with you a bit later in the show to get the details so I can write it into the show notes. But that sounds good. Um, that would keep you busy. Have you got time for comics at all? Or uh, I could, but I'm also playing video games. And I'm also working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. There's only so many hours in the day, and you're using your valuable time now to, uh, to jump on the show. So uh, very much appreciated. Uh, yeah, I mean... Look, when we're recording, well, as we record this now, I've I've jumped back onto Marvel Unlimited, um, just because mm-hmm. you know why not? I've been reading a lot of comics, um, um, to leave feedback for other podcasts because I kind of find it's kind of like a reading reading. Cl- it gives me an incentive to read the old issues. Um, so I thought, well, mm-hmm. why not just get Marvel Unlimited? They've got like twenty seven thousand, thirty thousand comics on there. Um, and yeah, they've got about ninety percent of the stuff that um, I've been looking to read, so that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you have Marvel Unlimited at all? Nope. You do? No, you don't. Okay, yeah, that's no. okay. I'm, I'm on the seven day trial, so um, we'll see how it goes after seven days. But I'm pretty sure I'll probably I'll probably keep it. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know what else has been happening, Chad. What else has been happening in your neck of the woods? Um, I mean, pretty close to the seven plagues, right? Yeah, 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 I must say. Well, let's hope, you know, touch wood, let's hope by the time this airs, because we are, listeners, we are recording this a little ahead of schedule, um, almost like a month ahead of schedule. Let's hope that our future selves, and your future self in particular, is in a better place. Let's just say, or, and, and, let me expand on that, the rest of, the rest of society, I think. Um, let's hope things have uh, kind of resolved. I don't know if you can say use that word, but let's hope at least some sort of, I don't know, something has been kind of achieved. Um, but yeah, that would be keep that would be keeping you pretty. Um, yeah, that be keep. Is it stressful over there? Like, for you, like. Um. Well, it's gotten kind of bad in my neck of the woods because uh, there was a bunch of... It got pretty close to being the wrong turn. Have you seen those movies? 
Oh, um, like horror films could be. Yeah, it's horror films. A bunch of like, you know, hillbilly types basically go ahead and abduct some people, try and kill them. Oh, you know, it's like the hills have eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the red state. Was... Yeah, okay. There was some folks that went camping out in our neck of the woods just to get away from like the city and everything yeah. going on there, and essentially. The locals believed that they were part of Antifa for some reason Mm. um, and basically started felling trees around them to stop them from leaving. And it became this huge problem. Jeez Louise, there are crazy stories everywhere, like all over at the moment on your neck of the woods, you know, no pun intended. It's crazy. I've seen something on Facebook Someone was wielding a chainsaw just openly down the street. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on, Chad. Um, you know. It feels like dead rising. <laughs> exactly. Oh, actually, and while we're here, and the Petrunis are privy to a video, we might as well do it. So uh, please indulge us, podcasters. Chad, what is your poison tonight? <laughs> you just oh, um... you just raised it, yeah. Yep. So, I'm drinking Jameson Caskmates. Lovely. It's uh, Irish whiskey, and it's using uh, craft beer barrels. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've never... Um, I've never heard of... I'm not sure. Well, I haven't, haven't drunk Jameson in a while. Jameson is a nice drop. Wow. Has, does it? So, you get the nice kind of essence of barrel? Yeah. Um, yeah it's got kind of like this different taste than it usually does it's a little bit lighter because it's jameson in beer barrels rather than a beer in a jameson bottle yes yeah Yeah. no i've had um again please indulge us loonies i've had glenn morangi whiskey uh that has been um uh you know what do you call it (laughs) has been it's been fostered in a, in barrels um, that were port port um, that used to hold port, so it's quite nice. So you have the essence of port there, um, but I've never seen that with the Jameson. So uh, I've got to keep my eye out on the. We might do this as a regular thing, Chad. We might do a bit of. I don't know. We, um, I've always wanted to use the title. Let's get sheet faced. Um, so <laughs> we might just we might do a segment about drinking. I don't know, and somehow lose. Oh. That's what I want to do. Maybe on the show one time, Chad, we can, if you have the ingredients, I have the ingredients. I know there's a Moon Knight cocktail. We should make that. What? Yeah, we should make that on the show, like kind of, and for the Petrunis, we can actually demonstrate on the video, but we can do it on podcast as well. How's that? (laughs) I'm down for that. Oh, I'm down for that as well. Um, the reason I am down for that, loonies, is you, I am I am on the tipple as well. I'm um, going to show this to uh, to our <clears throat> Petrini members. It's a New Zealand beer, Monteith's. It's a because it's getting a little colder here, Chad. So it's just um, mm-hmm. Mon- Monteith's Black, and it's a it's like a stout, a, a dark, full flavored beer. Um, not as good as Guinness because Guinness is I love Guinness, smooth, creamy, dark, heavy like a whole dinner isn't it um but monteith is, is pretty yeah. good mm, it's, it's nice so uh i've got that to wet wet the appetite chad's got his jameson we're ready to go um now loonies also as well just to let you know as i mentioned we 
we are recording a bit ahead of time. So our white noise, our new segment, Chad and I, we can't really say anything now. Our past selves are, are ignorant to the current affairs that are happening, happening now. Um, so I'm going to cut to, fingers crossed, to our future selves, Chad. Hopefully you can make it. And uh, we're going we're gonna to cross to some of the news uh, with what's happening around the traps the last week. So take it away, future selves. <gasps> Thank you, past selves. This is future Ray or present day Ray, depending when, I guess... Oh, that's a bit weird. When you're listening to this and when I'm recording this, let's just call me Future Ray. Anyway, on the news front, loonies, there's not much. And apologies, Chad is not with me for this. Um, So despite what Chad, despite what past Chad says later on in the episode, uh, unfortunately, his future self was not able to to make this uh, very slapdash news segment that I'm putting together in the nth hour. So anyway... Fortuitously, there is not much to report other than mm, other than uh, basically on the Facebook group and the page, I did post up a preview for Avengers 34, Part 2 to the Age of Conchu. Now, that is coming out uh, when this episode drops. So on New Comic Book Day, Avengers 34 will drop, but um, there had been a preview that was released. Uh, I have not read it or, or what you know looked into it myself, but it's there in the group um, and in the Facebook page. So if you haven't yet had a gander, or um, depending on when you do receive this, uh, if you have read the issue 34, then don't worry about what I'm saying. But anyway, there is a preview that that um, had come out. While I have the opportunity, I might as well do a little bit of a spectacle as part of the news, as a bit of white noise, because uh, this was something that I hadn't actually uh, um, plugged previously. Uh, it kind of came about pretty quickly. So two things. Uh, first thing, please be sure to check uh, check out the Happiness in Darkness podcast. It's an Italian podcast headed by DJ Nick. Uh, he's a, a really fun, uh, entertaining guy. He goes through all the comic book movies, uh, and I was invited on to talk about one of my favourite Marvel films Ant-Man and um, I know that a lot of people may not find it the the best MCU film it's not by you know by any measure or particular measure it's not not really the best but it is one of my favorites um, and it's something that I like rewatching. so anyway go check out Happiness in Darkness uh, that's the uh, the superhero movie podcast also as well I'm just fresh off uh, an appearance with taking Into the Night over to the Indianapolis or the Indie Pop Con virtual, um, virtual Comic Con 2020. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, I recorded a bonus con episode there. Uh, it will be released. Uh, I will release it through to the Petrunis, I guess, as a bonus episode. Uh, the episode itself is, look, if you're a fan, nothing really new. Uh, it was a primer, more so to introduce... Uh, the podcast to potential new listeners as well as to um, kind of garner some interest in Moon Knight so for anyone that hasn't 
um, read any of the comics or familiar with the character, uh, I did a little bit of a primer. I went through my collection uh, and re- uh, recommended some some good reads, some good trades. Uh, but anyway, that will be up for, for, for there. <laughs> that will be up for Petrini's a bit later on uh, when it becomes available. I think there's also a video as well, so uh, I'll I'll put that all up there for um, our Patreon members. And speaking of Patreon members, I'd just like to give a huge shout-out and a thank you to new executive producer, uh, new Lockley-tier Patreon member, uh, to Justin Osgood. So a big thank you, Justin. Justin has been a Petruni. Uh, he's upgraded his tier up to up to Lockley level, uh, and and I'm forever grateful for that. Thank you so much, Justin. It just really pushes and motivates me to to do more and and to try to make the show a lot bigger and better and quicker and faster and thicker. I don't know. Anyway, uh, a huge thank you, Justin. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Uh, Loonies as well, again, uh, I'm not sure if I do say this towards the end of the show. This is Future Race still. Um, but if you do want to become a member, just check out patreon.com slash itkmoonnight for, for, um, for all the bonus tiers, uh, all, sorry, all the tiers and all the bonus incentives. Uh, go check it out. And I think that about wraps it for news that I can think of. Uh, sorry, Looney's not much happening. Uh, but anyway, I hope you do enjoy the rest of this episode. <gasps> yes, thank you, future Ray, for that very insightful very insightful and amazingly exciting news, Chad. I don't know about you. I am beside myself. Whatever it is they said, I think it's just fantastic, and uh, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, actually, oh, yeah, well, I'll leave that for later. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So I guess if we've got nothing else to um, to cover, unless there's anything else that you may want to mention, Chad, or Anything else? Um, no, no, not really. I can't no. really think of anything. It's like there's kind of like a dead zone right now because we kind of got like that first wave of promised material from before the quarantine. Yeah, and now we're just kind of like waiting it out. Yeah, true, true. Um, yeah, fair enough. Well, how about before we get into it, we'll um, just take a quick break. And when we come back, as always, loonies, we will start to cover our issues of uh, of Dark Wolverine, Darken, um, 13, 14, and 15. So we'll be right back. I am Connor from the House of L. And I am Ray from the House of Zod. We are two of the many many survivors of Krypton's destruction and we have made our home in Australia and dare I say have become Australians for better or worse. But we have also decided to read Superman comics, read Superman books, watch Superman shows, cartoons movies, basically everything Superman and from an Australian perspective as well. Whether you're a seasoned fan like me or whether you are coming in fresh, wide-eyed and wanting to learn more like me, then this podcast is for you. Join us for our bi-weekly adventures available on all good podcast catches. 
So just search for Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. We'll be coming to you from Australia or some cosmic dimension, wherever we are that week. Up. 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 up and away. away. Welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast, and uh, I'm here with the power of Chad, 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 Chad. <laughs> and uh, we are going to cover it is an over the moon arc review. Um, so we're going to cover Dark Wolverine, Duncan issues 13, 14, and 15. It's a it's an interesting one with Moon Knight. It's one I'm pleasantly surprised with Chad. I mean, we'll get into it. Um, but let me, uh, yeah, why not? This is this is good for the paternity. Let me just let me just push this up. Okay, so can you see that? Yep. All right. So this is issue thirteen. We're going to get underway. Uh, this is one of the more I think popular covers that I've seen banding around. It's um, it's got Moon Knight in the armchair. Uh, almost like as a, a psychiatrist um, talking to, to Darkin, who's on the couch. Um, so what we have... Oh, okay, it's gone really... Oh, wow. Okay, so we have... Um, so the arc is called Moonwalk. It's a three-parter, and uh, it's writer Rob Williams um, with Mick Bertilorenzi with Riley Rosmo on art. Uh, we have Chris Peter and Riley Rosmo on colours. VCs Corey Petit on let as on letterer as the letterer. Giuseppe Camincoli and Frank Martin the cover art. Um, Jared K Fletcher designer. I'm just going to go through all of it, Chad, because it's here. Jody Lahope assistant editor. Uh, Janine Schaefer editor and Rick Lowe the group editor. And there's um oh, the big wigs of Axel Alonso, Joe Casada, Dan Buckley, and Alan Fine. All as editors and producers and creative officers. So um, this was cool. I didn't. Oh gosh, Chad, I didn't grab when this was potentially released. Um, do you know offhand by any chance? Um, Let me see. I'm just pulling. I thought it, it was up. like 2012. Oh yes, I it's around spring. Yes, uh, 20 uh, 2010. I've got here number 13. So 2010. Um, yeah, so this was um, this was pretty cool. Let me see. There we go. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, loonies, as usual, what we'll do is we'll go through a bare bones. Sorry, Chad, there's a bit of crackle. Are you, are you okay? Um, we'll go through the, the bare bones. My cat's making noises. <laughs> um, we'll go through the bare bones, which is a synopsis for those who want like a summary of the whole arc. Uh, then Chad and I will get into a, a bit more, just uh, some loose conversation on writing, art, themes, characterizations, references to other runs, uh, and then we'll cap that off with a, a moon rating. Um, it will be an either a vanilla rating or a patented connoisseurs um, rating system. So uh, let me just quickly pull that up. So before we get into any of that, we're going to throw to... Uh, the bare bones, and again, I'm going to throw it to my future self, 
Ray to uh, to give all the details. So Ray, future future Ray, take it away. The bare bones for Dark and Dark Wolverine issues thirteen to fifteen. Credits to uncannyxmen.net. In Los Angeles, Darkin and FBI agent Donna Keel enter into a tenuous relationship in order to take down the Claws Killer. After stopping a black market child smuggling ring, thanks to his underworld connection, Darkin meets up with Donna at a Hollywood party. There, Darkin relapses and takes a heat pill. Once he comes out of his stupor, he hurriedly tries to find Donna. In a darkened hallway, Donna hears the attacker while Darkin is confronted by Moon Knight, who believes himself to be Wolverine. In Los Angeles, Darkin begins to fight Moon Knight, the apparent claws killer. Eventually, they crash through the window and land on the street below. Meanwhile, Donna Keel finds the Claws Killer and he looks like Darkin. Donna proceeds to give chase and ends up on the street. As Moon Knight and Darkin continue to fight, Darkin falls to the ground and thanks to the heat drug, begins to suffer a heart attack. Determining not to die, Darkin gets up and rushes off. Meeting up with Donna, Darkin asks for her help, but Donna responds by shooting him in the head. As Moon Knight and Donna stand over the fallen body of Darkin, the Claws Killer, a person who looks exactly like Darkin, remarks that they got the Claws Killer. Guess they can all sleep safe tonight. While Darkin attempts to recover in a hospital bed after being shot in the head by Donna Keel, Donna and Moon Knight collaborate in attempting to determine what has happened. As they do, Darkin resides in limbo, sees Johnny Storm and fights against his demons. Eventually, he is able to recover and kill some policemen as he leaves the hospital and proceeds to make his way to Marcus Roston's estate. At the same time, Donna has decided to do her own investigative work and ends up being Roston's pawn. He proceeds to then feed her another handful of heat pills. Yes, thank you, Future Ray, for that very concise... An immaculately written synopsis. <laughs> I say that with a pinch of salt. Anyway, before we get into it all, Chad. Okay, overall impressions. What did you What did you think of this arc, Moonwalk, in Dark Wolverine? I, I don't know. I'm still suffering from the whole like Bendis, like perception of Moon Knight using mm-hmm. all of the assorted personas of other avengers i'm just not down with that mm-hmm. um i think it's interesting that you know in the like scene here we see everyone talking amongst themselves in the theater and then wolverine is off in the corner it's yeah. weird to me because it's still going to be perceived by the other like personalities it's still that. mark listening but i to wolverine inside just want I'll listen. I don't know. It just does seem that effective, considering it's all on his head anyway. Yep. I thought that exactly, that same um, point. Anyway, too. that's just this part. Um, I liked the run itself. It was really interesting. Like, the whole Dawkin kind of being less of a rambunctious jerk. <laughs> 
yeah, no, absolutely. I, um, I, I enjoyed it as well. I've hardly read anything to do with Dark, and I think I spoke to you, Chad, about not really knowing that much about him. I've read read him in um, uh, The Return of Wolverine, one of those um, kind of tie-in spin-off minis with him and Sabretooth, and I think it's Lady Deathstrike, they, and they get overrun by zombies looking for Wolverine. I've only really seen that. I haven't really read much of him. I totally agree with you at the beginning. I was thinking that, like, because Wolverine's off to the side and he's not munching away, but it's all in Mark's head, so how can that kind of be? I just thought, okay, well, it's probably some really multi-leveled, you know, mental psychosis that Mark's going through that he's able to do the, to do this. Uh, but I certainly felt the same way that you did as well. What I did like about this... Um, is he does take on, you know, the identities that Bendis had introduced. And I guess, I don't know, I guess it was it was fun to see someone else try to use those tools that Bendis instilled on Moon Knight. Um, and for this one in particular, I mean, we'll get there a bit later, what I found very effective was when Moon Knight turned on his Wolverine persona and he started talking to Darkin as if he was Wolverine. I mean, there was, there's so many exchanges here that really um, are kind of like mind games. I mean, even him with uh, the the detective as well. Um, I can't remember. Is it Keel? Donna Keel? Um, I could be totally wrong. Um, uh, yeah, so there, there are so many encounters between the two, and they, and they really do dive deep into the psychology of some of the characters and I found that quite interesting um yeah um having read the arc I just wanted to get your overall impressions what did you think of moon night moon walk sorry um the arc I thought it was nice to you know actually have a decent dark in um mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Donna Keel's character she She actually, like, had substance to her, and she had her own, like, mini-arc within the series, mm-hmm. you know, with the heat and whatnot. Um, let's see. The villain was surprising. I didn't anticipate that. Like, you kind of get a hint of it, but you're never quite sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was he in the earlier early issues? Because I'd never heard... Marcus Roston. Never heard of him in the... In the art, I, at least. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, so you mentioned it, it got hinted at. What did you mean by that? Like, he's there were moments where it just didn't like line up with Doc, and like you know, he was obviously like having blackouts and mm. stuff like that. And it's like, okay, well, this has a few tropes going for it. Either we have a yeah. pretender, or we have like possession. Yeah, but I mean, I thought it was. I mean, the the premise as well, the writing from um, from Rob Williams, I thought was quite interesting because, dare I say, for a Marvel book, it kind of pushes the boundaries a bit. You, you have Darkin, who's uh, close to, if not already addicted to heat, the drug, uh, and that's causing the blackouts, which you know is causing the um, uh, the question as to whether or not he's actually this the the claws killer 
in LA. Um, so I thought it was it was pretty pretty risky from Rob Williams to to do that. Um, so props to the editor and and the writer for um, for going that route. But um, I can see what you mean about the kind of the tropey nature of it. Um, but what I enjoyed, um, as I, I alluded to earlier, was was um, there are a lot of exchanges between them, and and the one that um, if we're looking at a Moon Knight uh, oriented kind of uh, involvement in it was his his uh, Logan impersonation, his best Logan impersonation to Darkin, and uh, and I loved it because Darkin was kind of like. What the hell? You're you're not my dad, but Moon Knight just like he just ignored all that and he still kept on talking like Wolverine. I, I found that was quite um, quite cool, and he really got under his skin as well. Um, oh gosh, I don't know if I can if I can pull up the um, the page. Uh, I won't be able to now, um, but yeah, there's this exchange where they're on the street and he's he's just like, oh, um, you're just kind of pissed off at me because I, I'm more well known and you're overshadowed by my my status and you know I'm, I'm the better killer or I'm the better yeah I'm the real deal I'm and you're real... just a knockoff <laughs> yeah exactly so there's a lot of that kind of going and then later on there's um, this uh, iteration of Darkin who whom I'm assuming is Marcus Roston as a shapeshifter or something he he uh, he presents himself as Darkin to um to is it sorry, is it Donna? Donna what's it? Donna name? Keel. Donna Keel. Uh, when she's chasing him down the hallway and through the building and he really kind of gets under her skin as well. So I kinda like that aspect of it. Um I found that more interesting than the actual premise, like premise itself. Like the trying to find this this clause killer. Um Marcus Rosten, I'm not too sure what to make of him. I don't even know who he is. By by the end of this arc, you don't really know. I've read issue 16. It still kind of doesn't give too much away as to who or what he is, but um, it, it, he's a he's a he's a good enough uh, villain in the fact that uh, he's kind of wily and um, you you know he has he has them kind of running or, or questioning each other like. Um, uh, Donna Keel and, and, and Darkin. So, um, yeah, yeah, um, I found it was quite, yeah, quite good. Well, what did you think of Moon Knight in this? How do you think he was portrayed in this? So, so basically, as we mentioned in the synopsis, Moon Knight, um, he gets, uh, you know, he's in and around LA, so he, he wants to catch the Claws killer as well, and, and so he's got a few leads. He's found to be at that party, that kind of, um, Hoi polloi party of Hollywood, um, staking it out, and he gets a whiff of of Darken. Um, but yeah, what did you think of him? Um, number one, I thought Mark was misspelt, so that was a big. Did you catch that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, which is terrible. Um, but apart from that, what did you think? I liked his portrayal for the most part. It's just it suffers the Bendis tinge. Mm-hmm. I'm just not keen on it, but. Aside from that, it's very Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, Contrary-wise, I think that Darkin was closer to being written as Mark than Moon Knight was. But yeah. Yeah, no. Just, it's... like, the psychosis problems, just, like, having blackouts, you know, and mm. having a high opinion of himself, having these, like, intended, like, bits of responsibility, where for Moon Knight, it's, like, you know, saving his friends. Yeah. 
but for Dokken, it's like saving face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a very interesting. I found he was a bit more. He was doing a bit more sleuthing than anything as well. Um, so he was kind of relegated to that. But on the whole, I thought he was portrayed um, decently enough. Uh, as I mentioned, he he uh, Williams kind of takes on the Bendis, the mantle from Bendis, and I think of what he's given, he he gives it a nice spin, especially using it in the in a Darken book and. and um, and again, again, I'm going back to it, which is obviously the main kind of crux for me. It was was Moon Knight's portrayal of um, of Wolverine. Uh, another interesting thing, and I thought it was really good to see from Moon Knight, was uh, you know how he's fighting Darken as Wolverine, and he's getting sliced up. He's getting all like cuts everywhere. Then he has he this. Can't heal like Wolverine. He can't exactly. Yeah. And then he has this internal monologue, uh, or dialogue, sorry, with himself, and he switches to the Captain America persona, and he seems to fare a lot better then as well. And so I like that aspect, how he kind of changes mentally, but physically, he changes his fighting style and stuff like that, and he actually gets a better of, um, he does, doesn't he? He gets a better of Darkin. Um yeah, Dawkins yeah, not that... healing from his wounds. Yes, and he takes a more tactical approach to it, and he just shuts him down. Yep, and then he has again another little surprise. It's not often you you get these little things, but then Dawkins says, "I'm I'm having a heart attack," uh, you know, and it's 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 not really. A, and then it's, what I found really funny was then Moon Knight's going. Are you serious? Are you serious? Okay, nine one one. Come on, someone, someone, go! Like you know, they're in the middle of like a, a to the death fight, and then and then the guys go, "I'm having a heart attack." Time out. Yeah, yeah. And Midnight's going, "Oh, are you for real? Okay, then then you know, truce." Um, but yeah, so I did like that aspect how he did jump to the Captain America um, phase of it. Obviously, yeah, totally missing the Jake Lockley, Stephen Grant, Mark Spector aspects. Of Moon Knight, uh, but you know, for the most part, I mean, Williams used Captain America and Wolvie, I think, pretty effectively in this for, for Moon Knight. Um, yeah. uh, Personality-wise, I think he was he was he was okay. There's nothing wrong with him. He wasn't over the top. Uh, he had a couple of you know cynical remarks here and there, but you expect that from Moon Knight. Um, uh, and uh, but he wasn't overly kind of Charlie Houston. Um, you know, gritty and um, you know, like a like a terror or like like the devil. Um, he was very much like a caped guy. Even even Donna Kill's like, well, this is later on where she tries to deal with him. This was in issue sixteen, but she kind of doesn't talk down to him, but like just relegates him to like one of those other costume heroes. Freaks. Yeah, for, <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, I mean. Um, so references we've touched upon the Bendis run. That this is obviously a heavy, heavily referenced run um, because he's using the um, he's using the uh, the identities that Bendis has has given Moon Knight. Um, how about th- how about themes? Any um, any themes here that you could pick up on? Uh, obviously, there's a daddy a daddy son issue here that Darkin seems to always have. Um, but yeah, anything else? The relationship between Donna and Darkin—that's a tenuous one. Um, she, what? She doesn't believe him, right? She thinks that he's obviously the killer. 
he actually brings her in from the, ch- the, the church. They have a meeting in the church. And he says, no, I actually want to help you catch the killer as well. And um, there's that inner monologue with um, Keel where she goes, what have I just done? I've actually brought this killer <laughs> to the crime scene and I'm all alone. And, you know, he could rip me to shreds, you know, as so she's questioning yourself. Um, I thought that was quite interesting, too. Um, one thing I thought was kind of on that whole spiel about the father-son thing with uh, uh, Dokken and Wolverine was in that dream state that he was in when he oh. you know, got his brain, brains blown out. Yeah. Um and everything was very like that dream sequence was amazing. There were a few dream sequences where there were there's a, a real shift in art. Actually, we should talk about the art because I found those sequences really cool, like very yeah. um, non-mainstream comics, kind of more independent kind of style. Um, really good and a really good use of art because it's him. It's it's his uh, mental state. Um, and yeah, no, I, I found that really good. The colours, especially the colours, were done very well there. So props to to the colourists. Um, but yeah, what did you think of the main art as well? The main art was pretty clean. Um, sometimes, like the faces looked a little off, mm. like when, like not even like the shape shifting. Which I think that uh, Marcus is shape shifting so to say, mm. is actually him implanting images in people's heads. That's right. Because he makes that moment where he's like, I'm also slightly telepathic. Oh, he, do- he does say that? Yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay, I missed that as well. No, you're right. I mean, with the heat, he does say it. Uh, this, again, I think this is in issue 16, though. He mentions to Donna, uh, people usually take only two pills before I'm able to completely control them and manipulate them and says Donna you t- you've taken five pills so good on you yeah yeah um so there's that so definitely it must be the drugs and yeah there must be some sort of like mind control thing there so okay because I wasn't sure whether it was tech or something like he was using because the, the way that was drawn with the green and it wasn't pixelated as such but there seemed to be some sort of shimmer uh, I thought maybe there was some sort of like tech i don't know light bending stuff but um it was a hard to catch because he's so confident isn't he um yeah so you just don't know what he and and there's that thing there's a thing as well with him like um you can you can dive into the, the psyche of him and and about the um uh he seemed very confident used to getting what he wants um you, you know, and then getting bored, and so what does he do? do? I'll go out on a killing spree. Um, you know, why not? Because life seems boring. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, quite 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 interesting. Um, yeah, so references with that. Uh, the art was good. Yeah, I thought I thought the main art was. Um, I actually liked it. I thought I thought it was really good. Um, I thought it was above, it was very clean, as you say. I thought it was above average. Um, and, yeah, no, definitely like the colours of that. There was quite a lot of scary stuff there, a lot of darker stuff with um, Darken. And there's one bit where he dreams of, um, it's his Japanese mum, I can't remember her name, 
but the baby starts sprouting claws, um, what the mum's holding, <laughs> and they both kind of turn towards him and their eyes are bled out. There's nothing in there. Um, so there's a bit of a... I think he needs a session on the couch. Poor Darwin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. One anything. I... Yeah, sorry. Uh, just with Darkin, like in that library scene where all of a sudden Johnny Storm turns into Wolverine. Yeah. And he has all of his like features really stretched out and like super gaunt. It's not very Wolverine. He just seems like a oversized oh, yeah. skeleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a really warped and, version of yeah. Yeah. And that all seemed very Bill. Like yeah, you know, did, actually. Yeah, very good. Yeah. No true. No, no. Um I think I remember thinking something like that as well. It's it, um yeah, for sure, because that that art actually lends itself to a little bit of Bill Sienkiewicz as well. That that those dream sequences, if you look at it, it it's um very reminiscent of it. Uh, so, yeah, no, um, no, for sure. Do you know the reference why Johnny Storm is in there at all? Do you know the history of Darkin? Is there some sort of? I mean, it seemed very random that he was in his thoughts. Did they encounter each other? Was there? Yeah. I can't think of anything. Like I thought I'm sure be... someone's going to be lighting us up in the chat, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was more like like mutants and stuff, and more X Men oriented stuff that Darkin was involved in. Um, but yeah, um, the art was very good. I mean, thematically, there's not that much more. Uh, I don't know, Chad. Anything else that you could to, that you'd like to point out with it? it it's I mean, the whole arc itself, as I mentioned, it Williams does really well in. I guess the arcs bleed into each other, so there there didn't seem to be a a definite ending by fifteen for me. I mean, because they're still searching. They're, they haven't caught the claws killer. Uh, if anything, they've announced who the villain is, which is Marcus Roston, which kind of makes you know makes you think, okay, now the party's just starting, you know. Whereas. Um, then if you look at issue 16, it's a new arc, it's part one of something. So um, they very much kind of bleed into each other. Um, so um, did you like uh, Williams's writing anyway, like overall? Yeah, it's just not, not the, the characters. Yeah. Like, that's the only downside. I liked the story. I liked yeah. the way that everything was written into the story, like events yeah. that took place. Yeah. It all made a lot of sense. It seemed pretty organic, mm. except for magically running into the heat dealer at that one Hollywood party. It's like... Oh, yeah. Mr. Meat? Was that Mr. Meat? Oh, no, no, the heat dealer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, you put that down to they did their homework so well... You know, Darkin went to that party. You know, they kind of narrowed it down. And um, funnily enough, Kiel didn't have anything to do with it because she was meant to be the bait, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just Darkin going into the men's <laughs> to the gents to, to get it. Yeah, And then have a little bit of a trip and comes out wearing sunglasses. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, another, another bit of Willem's writing, which I really liked, because I... I Generally, I, I liked his writing. Um, conceptually, I mean, it, it's it's fun enough, you know, the whole idea, the whole idea that Duncan, it's not it's not original, but 
that he's lost his healing factor. This whole thing about blackouts and trying to find out who this killer is. Uh, it is exciting, though, because it, it you know it taps into that particular genre of a whodunit and could it well be you know you you know yourself that that has done it um but there's this there was a little passage as well of when Darkin gets shot in the head do you remember that and it goes through biologically like the brain tissue what happens when the bullet is is um flying at that speed in the air um how it's actually gone through the tissue before i, I can't remember before even something is is, is broken like it's that quick um and how if you get shot in the heart you've got a good 10 seconds to kind of utter your last words but if you get shot in the brain you're pretty much gone like straight away um i i kind of like that level of detail um it does sound a little gory but um it really did make it a lot more than just dark and getting shot in the head it actually gave it a lot more um so yeah, and I really enjoyed that. Um, there was one bit that I had to remark to uh, one of the guys over at Moon Knight Corps about. Uh, they were talking about how uh, something about like how many drugs were being used, oh, yeah. and it was Moon Knight talking about it to Keel. And so it's just like, wow, this seemed precognitive from twenty twelve. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um. Let's see. Yeah, you were talking about when a bullet leaves the muzzle of a gun heading for your brain, it's unraveling somewhere in the region of 2,000 miles per hour. Mm. Keanu Reeves couldn't dodge <laughs> yeah. one or any of the bullets the Wachowskis could have delivered in a coherent Matrix sequel. That was Just, a oh, nice oh. little jab there. But hey, we're all thinking in it, right? So... <laughs> There are eight cranial bones designed to keep your brain safe. A bullet slides through them faster than the speed at which your cerebral tissues tear. Yes. It's like, well, that that certainly explains why a like, dropped healing factor could keep him from even experiencing true death. Mm. Because the bullet just slides through. Yeah. It wouldn't feel like there was any injury. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually his his um so his healing factor is not gone right, but they also make mention in the hospital that it seems to be what's kind of keeping him. Again, I'm not sure if this is sixteen or not, but it's it's what's keeping him kind of alive, um, which I found interesting because it must be there in some capacity. So it it, it yeah yeah I mean I, I shot in the head. And you have Moon Knight as well, giving mouth to mouth, which I, you know, was really, really cool. A bit of a noble cause from Moon Knight, um, um, showing that even, you know, even the guy that he's looking is after, who's potentially the claws killer, he doesn't want him to die, which is very different um, to what Moon Knight usually can do. But he's trying to save him. It's all about just bringing him to justice, um, rather than wreaking vengeance for Konshu. I think it's also the fact that Dawkins has been on record as being pretty morally flexible, but not really detained by any alignment. Mm. He's not good. He's not bad. He's done some bad things, but he's done some good things. It's like, mm. yeah. So well, I think Moon Knight has trouble just straight up 
killing him for that. Yeah, and I'm not sure... Because he has his own bad history. He does. And I'm not sure if it's Moon Knight as well, but someone does mention that Darkin is an ex-Avenger, right? So they, they... He has a level of respect, you know, in that capacity at least. Um... But he's also a cop killer and a mass murderer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, because he did that. Um, I read that the the little blurb before. So previously, before issue thirteen, he did some some stuff, right? He like he, it's it's not like the killer or not. I think he they mentioned he um he, didn't he bomb a car or something? He did something. Um, no, maybe uh. I didn't read that part of it. <laughs> Might have been my overactive imagination. Um, no, okay. Well, he did something. I think because because that's the whole thing. He's playing for becoming the kingpin of LA crime as well. So that's that's against him. Yeah, yeah and and he, um, oh, damn. Again, I think it is in sixteen. But he sets up that safe house with all those criminals. All the underworld figures. Did you read? You read sixteen, right? Did you read? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. So he he creates a safe house, and uh, Marcus comes in as disguised as him, and and he blows them all away. And yeah. in a very graphic nature, he puts the heads on the platters and stuff. Very very dark stuff. He puts the heads on the platters. It seemed like something Red Hood would do. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so so Duncan was making a play for for being the leader of organized crime in LA. So he's not he's not a total angel um, in that sense. So I can I can see why they all think that he's the clause killer, but but he isn't. We know Marcus is. Um, another thing, just about art, um, a little point. Um, it's interesting because uh, Williams takes a lot from Bendis. But just noting the look of Moon Knight himself is very much more of the the Charlie Houston David Finch run. Most notably that big dip in the in the hood that's so prominent, um, more prominent than any other I think hooded characters. Uh, it, it's almost at this time like you think it's starting to become a bit of a Moon Knight thing, but um, they've kind of dropped that off like lately. Um, but yeah, I, I found he was just. Um, I found he was depicted more like like the the two thousand six version of Moon Knight than than the Alex Maleve because that was that was a bit closer to to when this was brought out as well. Actually, it was around the same time two thousand eleven. Two thousand, I think two thousand eleven was a, the Bendis run, right? This is two thousand ten, so uh, around the, uh, probably the same time. I think obviously because. You know, Bendis is credited with the the Wolverine, Captain America, Spider Man thing. So, shortly after the Bendis run, then, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I blame Assassin's Creed on the hood. <laughs> Have you seen the movie? Was that with Michael Fassbender? Yeah, it was with him, but I haven't seen it. Okay, I haven't. Seen I heard that it absolutely bombed. It's just like, hmm. Well, video game movies okay. seem to bomb. Unfortunately, I don't know. It's a it's a bad, unfortunate curse. Except for Mila Jovovich and Resident Evil. That didn't that have like so many um, sequels and stuff. I think there were like six or seven sequels. Yeah, that's pretty but, good. Yeah, 
it's kind of like its own like little genre yeah yeah um okay well unless there's anything else chad i'm I'm still trying to desperately share the screen so i can show you um i can show you the moon rating system but i don't think the gods are shining on us tonight here with that there chad um Anyway, Chad, as I was saying, unless there's anything else you want to cover for this, shall we give this a rating? Encapsulating all that we've read, um, the writing, the art and stuff, and looking also a big part of, of the um, the part that Moon Knight has to play in this, what would you give Dark Wolverine Darken issues 13, 14 and 15 titled Moonwalk? I would give it a 7.5, Ray. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and a little bit of bias there because of the Bendis. Um, fair enough. That That's a pretty good score. Uh, I would give it... I did enjoy it myself. Um, so actually, so Chad's given a last quarter, i.e. a, a, a three-quarter moon for that. Um, I don't know. Oh, gosh. I'd have to give it maybe something slightly less... Um, it is a very it, it was compelling. I did enjoy it. I'm gonna I'll, I'll give it a seven, and I'll go for a high end waning gibbous. So a seven out of ten. Um, I think it was a, a very enjoyable read. I think the art was great, especially those dream like the dream sequences or the mental sequences of um of Darken. Definitely. Um, but what doesn't elevate it to anything more than that? Uh, I guess would be um, as an arc. I guess I mean it's it doesn't seem like an like an arc. Um, it it's and full credit to Williams for writing it like that, like a continued serial. Because hey, you know people love that. A lot of people talking about how comics and writing is catered more towards the trade paperback. Uh, Williams is is giving you a larger story, and I think that's great. But if we're looking at a three-parter here, um, I I think it doesn't resolve enough towards the end to really kind of stick a landing. Uh, You do get little things with Marcus Roston, um, but nothing's closed out. Like, he's not brought brought to justice. He's, He's used in the next arc, as well, and again, it just continues on. Um, Moon Knight, um, he's even even his he, guest appearance in there. He lingers on because he actually bleeds over to the next arc as well, where where um where Detective Keel tries to get rid of him. Um, so his cameo appearance was good here. Um, I found it a curiosity more than anything that um, that Williams was using the Bendis identities of, of Cap Wolvie and, and Spider-Man, uh, but I did love the way that he did use Wolverine and Captain America uh, as part of Moon Knight's, um, Moon Knight's uh, personalities. Um, it's not his book. I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of Moon Knight, but I loved how he kind of was like the, the, uh, the reveal at the end of issue 13. I mean, that was pretty badass. Um, so a 7, I think, would be a decent enough score. Right, um, well, that takes us to the end of uh, this review. Um, I'd like to thank you, Chad, so much for joining us. Um, 
for this this time. Um, a little mention to the Petrunis. Unfortunately, due to some technical issues, uh, the video was cut short due to Zoom being a little bit um, difficult with us. So uh, we weren't able to continue with Zoom. We've uh, continued on another platform, uh, but it's all available as audio on a podcast. But uh, but Chad, a huge thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem. And you know, when it's time for future self, just give him a ring. Yeah, exactly as well. Uh, I'll, I'll be touching base with you again, Chad, when when our future selves have to uh, round out this episode. But a huge thank you to Chad. Next phase, um, at this again, this point in time, I can't tell you what. Don't have the sheet with me. I'm sure it's going to be a cracker. Yeah, but uh, thanks heaps, Chad, again. Uh, so next phase, keep your eyes out for what that will entail. Um, and uh, yeah, so you can also write in to us if you want to contact us on itkmoonnight at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal on our Patreon page and Podchaser as well. Uh, we're also part of the collective, um, a, a band of informal, like an informal network of, uh, of podcasters that love to talk about all a geek and comic related stuff, if not character based. So you can find stuff like We Are Venomaniacs. Um, they concentrate on Venom um, and uh, in his comics and such, or Inner Demons, Ghost Rider, uh, or Adelaide Rising, the Inhumans podcast, which is good as well. Um, finally, uh, if you want to become a member, please consider our Patreon at patreon.com slash itkmoonnight. Uh, and again, a big thank you to our sponsors, Hello Headphones. Um, just use the code itkmoonnight to get 10% off their online store. And uh, a, a, a very grateful Dreamland Comics. Uh, use the code MOON to get 20% off um, any of your purchases. So a big thank you again. Uh, before we head off, Chad, any more final words? For our loony listeners out there, um, don't trust Zoom. <laughs> That's right. Um, don't trust Zoom. Absolutely. I've got to find another platform that's a lot more stable. Anyway, loonies, with that, stay safe, be good, and as always, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.